Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you'll hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs, entitled, I am thankful for his mercy. In today's message, we learn that we must continue to show our sincere appreciation of God for his word, his gift, and his people. When our lives have been touched by God and we have been made whole, we are excited to go back to the presence of God and magnify as well as celebrate Jesus for his power to deliver, protect, and prosper us. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped. Today's message. In Luke chapter 17, read to read the New King James Version Bible. Follow me as I read today's text. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem and he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee that as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, that's important. It's important that Jesus sees us. He said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you from this subject this morning. I am thankful for his mercy. I am thankful for his mercy. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the word of God this morning. And we pray that the word of God will continue to have free course in this sanctuary. Thank you for your presence in this sanctuary, how you're ministering through our prayer time, through our Sunday school, through our praise and our worship, our MC, our giving this morning. Father, you're going to continue to minister only like you can. Father, we bind the enemy right now that will try to hinder or stop what Jesus is doing. Have your way this morning, Father. We release your power, release your spirit to minister to your people this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Luke records, and of course Luke is the author of this particular book that bears his name. He records the instance when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He had passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he's going through, he's getting ready to enter a certain village. And on his way to this certain village, the Bible doesn't say which village it is, but he met ten men who were lepers. They were lepers. Lepers, in this particular definition, are individuals who are scaly. They are rough looking. They're con- they, this particular disease is contagious, uh, causing skin discoloration and lumps. Can I have the picture on the wall there, please? Hallelujah. The picture of the leper. I want you to get just the, that is a picture. We don't know what these lepers look like, but this is an example of what a leper would look like. Um, Brother 
Can you turn the lights off on this part right here just for a moment? Yeah, you got it, man. Oh, brother, here to help him out, brother. He may not know. <laughs> I want you to kind of, I want to get a, uh, a good picture of what that looks like there in the name of Jesus. Now, I, I know it's not pretty, but these are what it's like for these men to go across. And they were looking at these men, excuse me, these were the ten, uh, example of ten lepers. So you notice how the skin is scaly, how it's rough looking. And this was actually contagious. If you got close enough to them, you could have caught and been just like these particular lepers. Not only that, um, the skin was probably irritating to them. It was something that was not pleasant for them to experience. And because of what uh, the Moses had been given the law in the Old Testament, that the lepers always had to stay away from the people. Uh, they were in a situation where they had no contact with people. They were in a situation where individuals really couldn't take care of them. So can you imagine the mindset of the lepers as they went through this particular condition? They couldn't be with family members. They couldn't stay with loved ones. They had to be with other lepers who were in a similar situation as they were. And so these men had a condition that required a godly solution. They needed a God solution. They didn't need a natural solution. They needed God to step in and to help them with their situation. And so when we look at that, many of us may not be dealing with leprosy, but we have horrendous situations that need a godly solution. We need a godly solution. We don't need a man-made solution. We don't need, and so when I say godly solution, we need something that's going to work. We need something that's going to work beyond our circumstances and our situation. We need something that's going to not only work, but it's going to last when it works. We don't need something that's going to be temporary. We need something that's going to help us, not just today, but in the weeks and the months and the years to come. We need a, a solution that is godly. And so when we pick it up here in verse 12, Luke 17, 12, that as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. I want you to notice what they did. They stood afar off. And, of course, they were supposed to because of the situation with uh, the law. Moses had given the law, and they had to stand afar off. They had to be at a distance, and they were actually disconnected from the people. They stood afar off, and they were disconnected from the people. Now, instead of them approaching Jesus with the dilemma, uh, they stood afar off. They stood at a distance. They were disconnected. They were not nowhere near to be uh, in situation. It's amazing how the end will trick us to separate us from our faith when he knows that we need more about, more, need Jesus more than ever. We were, and you can be careful about this, is that we do not stand at a distance from Jesus. We don't stand afar off from Jesus. And we got to be careful that we don't allow the enemy to get in our flesh or to influence our flesh to the point that we disconnect or keep a distance from God's word, God's gift, and God's people. We need to be connected to God's word, God's gift, and God's people. We need that. We need uh, 
We need Jesus to help us. We need God's people to help us. We need his church to help us. We need our pastors and other godly men and women of God to help us when we're dealing with dilemmas, we're dealing with rough situations, we're dealing with something that is horrendous. And let me notice, if we remain at a distance, we will no longer have the desire or strength to access the miracle power of God. And then you got to watch out, because sometimes you'll see yourself having signs that you're no longer in the will of God. No longer in what God wants you to have. And so we got to make sure, we've got to make sure that we are individuals who are no longer disconnected, we're no longer at a distance, and we understand that when we do get a distance. I've learned over the years that many of us probably understand a little bit more than what we say we do when we're getting at a distance from God. You know you ain't praying like you need to pray. You know you're not doing the thing. God's not in your life like you need for him to be in your life. You, you know, you can go to church and still be disconnected. You can still be in the house of God and be disconnected. You can be in, in the midst of God's people and still be disconnected. We need to make sure that we are with God. Are oh, y'all following me here? We got to make sure that we are doing what God wants us to do. We need to love God and the things of God. We need to witness to his power in our lives. We need to give in his kingdom and such like. Now, let me say this to you. It is hard to connect with people once they've built a wall between you and them. It's hard to connect with people when they've built a wall between you and them. It's hard to. So anyway, we find out that these lepers were at a distance. They stood afar off. And they, but you read in verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Boy, that's a powerful statement. Because when I look at that, well, there's several things I want to talk about that, but let me, let me talk about this first part. The lepers had asked Jesus to have mercy on them. What was, it, what was he asking? They were asking him to help the ones who were afflicted. They needed aid. They wanted to bring help to the wretched. They wanted leniency. They wanted to be kind as it helped you to forgive someone. They wanted mercy. And I believe truly as we walk in our Christian journey, we should be individuals that desire God's mercy. Listen, if you ain't lived long enough, you, you desire God, God's mercy yet. And you're saying, God, you know what? I Listen, I probably did it, but I thank God for your mercy. This is not saying I, I, I might have thought about doing it. I'm saying I did it, but I thank God for your mercy. I, I had leniency. I did not get what I deserve because of what I did. And God loves us enough to give us mercy. And sometimes if you just ask God for mercy, he'll definitely help you along the way. Just like he did these lepers here. They were afflicted, but he, they asked God for mercy. For mercy. And despite the leper's terrible condition, we saw the picture earlier, they believed that Jesus had the power to help them in their predicament. Notice what they said. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Notice they called his name. Jesus. Notice how they, they addressed him. Master. They knew he was somebody powerful. They knew he was somebody that could help them in their current situation. I'm sure they have asked many people along the way, but nobody could. They said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with us asking Jesus, the master, to help us. 
And I don't think it's nothing wrong with us asking Jesus, the master, to help us. I, I thank God he allows us to come before him and to ask him for help. He is a present help in the time of trouble. And I know some of us, amen, may not think we deal with trouble, but if you live long enough, you're going to deal with some trouble. And I thank God that God loves us enough to help us with our trouble. Oh, God, thank you so much for helping us with our trouble. Now, the question came up to me, and this is what I thought about. How did they know that Jesus could help them? How did they know that Jesus could? I mean, you know, you come to somebody and says, you know what? John, John, have mercy on me. How do you know John can help you? Peter, Peter, have mercy on me. How do you know Peter can help you? Listen, Larry, Larry. Have mercy on me. How do you know Larry can help me? This is the dilemma, I, I, excuse me, the question I had when I looked at this text. How did they know that Jesus could help them in their dilemma? Well, I came to the conclusion, this is my opinion now, that somebody had been witnessing to them. Somebody had to tell them about Jesus. Somebody not only had to tell them about Jesus, they also had to tell them, listen, it, listen. I know you're trying doctors, I know you're trying priests, I know you're trying a lot of different people, but I, I need you to go try Jesus. I need you to go try Jesus. Listen, I know if anybody can help you, I believe Jesus can help you. And so when they, listen, they, they, I believe when they heard it, they were not even in the midst of when they got, were witnesses to They were not even in the midst of Jesus. So listen, I heard, listen, I don't know, I'm just in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, I heard he's coming to your town in a few days now. When he get here, don't you let him pass you by without calling on his name. Don't you, listen, I know you've been dealing with this dilemma for years, and I know you, your skin is scaly, it's contagious what you're dealing with, and I know you got to stand afar off. But I, listen, I believe Jesus can help you. I believe Jesus can help you. And see, I believe truly when we witness the right way and tell people, they will have an idea that Jesus can help them. Because sometimes, I don't believe we, we might invite them to church, but do we tell them that Jesus can help them? Do we tell them about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do we tell them that Jesus can listen, deliver you, he can protect you, and he can prosper you? Do we witness about the Jesus and what he can do in our lives? See, these lepers had, had heard about God's grace and mercy, and they were confident asking Jesus to help them in their affliction. I don't mind them asking because, you know what, I don't mind asking God myself to help me. God, I need your help. I need your, listen, let me tell you something. Once I realize that Jesus can help me, I don't mind going to him and asking him for help. And you shouldn't either. You should be able to go to Jesus and ask him for help. You're on your job. You ask Jesus for help. You're working your business. You ask him for help. You are at your house, in your home, riding down the road, shopping, wherever you are. You should be able to ask Jesus to help you. Mm, how many of you ever asked Jesus to help you? And he did just that. He helped you in your situation, in your circumstance. You're a witness, right? You're a witness to it. And so this is what you got to do. You got to, we all got to share this with other people. Just like somebody had to share with these lepers, how in the world did they know that Jesus was going to help them? I mean, you know, listen, I, I see a lot of different people, but I don't ask a lot of different people for help. I see a lot of different people when I go to the store, but I don't ask a lot of different people for help. 
And then if they if you do ask them for help, can they help you? If I need help fixing my car, I, I will come to ask some of y'all in this sanctuary for some help. Because I know you probably can't fix, take my motor out and, and then put it back in. Thank y'all for the two. Amen. Pastor, I can put it. Yeah, that's okay though. But listen, you got, when you go to ask somebody for help, you got to know they'll help you. And not only that, they got the ability to help you. Got the skill set, got the talent, got the ability to help you. And so I believe when we go to Jesus, we got to know that he's got the talent, he's got the ability, he's got the power, he's got the anointing, he's got the love, he's got the mercy, he's got the grace, he's got the ability to help us. Somehow these lepers knew that. And I truly believe that somebody had told them about Jesus and the power of God that cooperates in his life. And so therefore, I truly believe that we need to be individuals that witness and tell others. We have to continue to witness and share God's grace and mercy so that others can petition him to bring aid and relief in their moment of crisis. We have to share the written and revealed word, and we have to do it in love. We have to do it in love. Can't do it with malice and anger and so forth. We got to do it in love. Now, I see here in the text, I want you to know something that thought was very interesting to me. They asked Jesus to have mercy on them. And you, do you see where anywhere where Jesus said you, you're healed or anything like that? Not in this particular text. What did he say to And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. That's all Jesus said. They asked for God to have mercy on them. And he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Okay, all right, now, Lord, this what, is this what mercy is? But you notice their response, though. They didn't question him. They didn't say, you know what, that, I, that ain't what I ask you for. I seen the priest already. They couldn't help me. What did, what did they do? They went and did what he said. They went and did what he said. Let me tell you something. Every time you get a man of God or somebody give you godly direction, it will not always make sense. That's why we walk by faith and not by what? We have to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If we believe in who is talking to us, then we will follow his instructions. Because instructions in this particular text would change this man's life these, excuse me, these ten lepers' life for the better. Did, did you see the way that picture looked right there? Can you imagine if you had to deal with that on a day, not just a few years, but for years? Grew up with it. Couldn't have relationships. Couldn't have family. Couldn't have this, that, and the other in your life. And now they heard these instructions. They said, I heard, in my mind, they heard that Jesus could help them. And after they came to him, Father, have mercy, Master, have mercy on us. The thing that he said to them was, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't get no oil out and slinging on them. He didn't say, loose demon in the name of Jesus. He didn't say, I'm Jehovah Raha, the Lord thy God, the healer thee. He said, go show yourself to the priest. He gave them godly instructions. And when he gave them them godly instructions, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. They were cured. They were removed. Removed. Excuse me. It, that thing on them was removed, 
and they were purified. Boy, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? If you were looking like that, boy, I'll tell you, wouldn't you be happy? Wouldn't you be excited about what God has done in your life? Oh, I would be too. And I, I can imagine. Because notice this. And I thought about this too. Now, this is the mind of Dobbs. Now, Pastor Dobbs said, I don't know, was it one step they got away from Jesus or a hundred steps or a thousand steps? I don't know how many steps it was or how far they were away. But you know what? He told them, you were clean as you went, not as were as you were standing there. Y'all see the difference there? The obedience was as they went to the priest to show themselves. Now, I imagine in their minds when they said, go show yourself to the priest, they were thinking they were going to be in the same condition that they were when they left. Because remember that when they left, they were in that still leprous condition. When they left, they still had leprosy. When they left the King of Kings, Jesus' master, and asked to have mercy on him, they left with their current situation. They left just like that. But as they went, somewhere along the way, we don't know if it was step one, step 21, step 91, step 101, step 1001, two miles down the road, whatever it is, somewhere down the way, they were cleansed. Can you imagine them walking down the road there and all of a sudden one person looking at somebody else? Hey, man, you looking different. Hey, you are too. Can you imagine the alignment that took place when they were walking down the road and they saw one another? Because remember, now, they didn't have mirrors like we see today. They had to look at one another. I can imagine they saw one another. Oh, my God, you, your face is clearing up. Your hands are clearing up. Listen, you are a changed person. You are not the same person that when you first, I saw you a few minutes ago. We don't know if it was instant or if it was just something that just happened, uh, you know, at gradually as they went. But we do know the bottom line. They were clean. They were clean. They were clean. And notice all this happened as they followed godly, divine instructions. Do you see how God can bless us when we follow divine instructions? Do you see how God can change our life for the better when we follow divine instructions? Do you see how God can just use, amen, an instruction to change our life for the better? Do you see, amen, when they say better is here, better is coming, if you follow these in divine instructions, you can have better in your life? Do you see how God healed these men, amen, because of what God is doing in their life? God, the divine instructions. It may not make sense to them either, but as they follow the instructions, notice what happened to them. They received what God wanted them to have. And so in verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show your sister priest. So it was as they went, they were cleansed. They were cured. They were purified. Sometimes men always stand the instructions of Jesus. And I'll be honest with you. If you understand everything God tells you to do, you are a good one. You are a good one. You're better than I am. Because I don't understand God, everything God says. I read some instructions in, in the scripture, and I'm saying, whoo, boy, I'm glad that wasn't me. Are y'all following me? You know how when uh, Abram, Abram was going through something, he said, go, I'm going to take you to the land, I'm going to show you. He didn't tell him where you're going, he just said, go. Divine instruction. 
You know when Peter, listen, they need some money for taxes. He told them to go fishing. Divine instructions. You see in scripture that God gives divine instruction. May not make sense, but when you walk by faith, not by sight, there will be some things in your life that don't quite line up in your natural mind. But divine instructions will get you your deliverance. It'll get your healing. It'll get your prosperity. It'll get your protection. It'll help you the way that you think, the way that you talk, and the way that you act. Divine instructions. When we read here, let's go a little bit further. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, verse 15, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. They ride down the road. They're going down the road. One man look at another man. Oh, man, you clean. Another one, oh, man, you clean too. Oh, God. All the stuff. You remember how your hand used to have that scar on it? You remember how your face used to look like that? Can you imagine all as they walk? Cause remember, I, I, I can imagine all ten of them were together when they left. And then all of a sudden, they heal. Now, one out of the ten, oh, I can't go no further. I know you told me to go to the priest. And, and watch this. I got to go back and tell that one, man, thank you. I got to go back. Now, I can imagine, because remember now, ten of them were together. When they left, and one went back and said, I got to go back. The other nine probably said, I don't know what they said. We better go to the priest. But they went to the priest. I, I'm assuming that. We don't really read any more about them after this incident. But one came back. I hope before I go to the priest, I got to go to Jesus. And let me say this to you. Very important. Before you come to me, you better go to Jesus first. Before you come to me or any other individual, we need to go to Jesus first. Because when they went to Jesus, and when he went to Jesus, let me show you something here. First of all, he fell down on his face, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. When one of the lepers saw that he was healed, he was, he returned, he went back to God. Now it's interesting, um, I'm going to get back more into it, but he's Luke is very, I don't say it, he's interested in the fact that he returned. And I think sometimes we have to, when we look at words like that, it may seem almost trivial, but I think it's important that when God does something for you, you got to return back to him and tell him thank you. You got to return back. Well, Pastor, I, no, I'm talking about you got to turn to God and tell him thank you. This is not just a place you go to. You're going to God and telling him what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He returned. He went back to God. But notice how he went back. He went back with a loud voice and glorified God. He praised God with a loud voice. He honored God. He magnified God. He celebrated God. And notice, he didn't do it with a little quiet voice. He did it with a loud voice. He did it with a, I'm just paraphrasing, a hallelujah. He did it with a loud voice. I know some people don't like to praise God with a loud voice, but I like this leper right here. He had a lot to be thankful for. 
Can you imagine you've been going your whole life with this skin looking like that, and all of a sudden you ain't got to deal with that no more? Oh, my God. Man, can you imagine you dealing with that all your life, and all of a sudden you debt free? Oh, my God. You've been dealing with, with cancer all your life, and all of a sudden you cancer free? Oh, my God. Yeah, you've been dealing, amen, with no car, and all of a sudden you got a car, and it's paid for? Oh, my God. You're dealing with something like that, and you've got to give God something with a loud voice? Because we turn back, he did it with a loud voice. See, when our lives have been touched by God, just as lepers, and we've been made whole, we're excited to go back to the presence of God and magnify as well as celebrate Jesus for his power to deliver, to protect, and to prosper. The leper knew that his life had been changed for the better. And when our life is changed for the better, we need to have that same testimony. When we faithfully remain in the presence of God, we're able to give God praise in advance for the victory that has been promised to us through the gift of salvation. Now, I, I, no, I'm a, I want you to catch that point, but I skipped the point I need to go back to in verse 14. Oh my God, this is so important. Verse 14. Luke 17, 14. So when he saw them, it's important that you allow Jesus to see what you're going through. Quit trying to hide from God what you're going through. Like God can't see it. But it, and those, when he saw, saw is more, when I saw that, I'm thinking about for a moment. Well, let me put it to you like this. We don't need to hide things from God. You say, I can't hide, you really, technically you can't really hide nothing from God, but in a sense, you, you're in a situation where you don't bring your situation to Jesus. That's hiding stuff from God. You're dealing with something, but you don't want to hand or go before Jesus and, and let him deal with it. You know, he saw them. So evidently, when, when I think about when Jesus saw them, that means he saw their situation. He saw their dilemma. He saw their problem. He saw the skeleton. He saw the hurt. No, no, watch this now. No, did you see the outside, but he saw the inside. That's what's important to me. See, when Jesus sees you, he don't see just how it affects your outside, how it affects your mental status as well. How it affects your mindset. How it affects the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. How it affects you emotionally. God ain't forgot about you dealing with your emotions. He gave them to us, so he's going to have to deal with them. He saw him. And when he saw him, we saw them, I should say, then he says they were cleansed. Now, I want to go back and 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was here, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell on his face, and, and excuse me, and fell down on his face as his feet at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Giving him thanks. He was a, uh, 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 he giving him thanks. Samaritan fell on his face and gave God thanks. He was grateful for what Jesus had done for him. Not only was he grateful, he appreciated what Jesus had done for him. And I'm wondering how many of us are grateful and appreciate what Jesus has done for us. 
The leper asked for mercy and was grateful to receive it. I, and this what what and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this up in a moment, but let me say this to you. Mercy is more than about being clean. I want you to notice this. I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment. It's more than about being clean. But you can stop. You can just be clean and not receive the rest of the benefits that go with mercy. Mercy is huge in this text. It's huge. I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment. The nine of the men just received the cleaning. Only one was made well. And I'll show it to you in just a moment. But let me, let me get back. I want, I want to bring that point to you because I believe his, him being thankful activated the rest of what God wanted to do in his life. I believe our thanksgiving activates more than just being clean. And he was thankful. He was grateful. He was appreciative. The leper asked for mercy and was grateful to receive and showed his gratitude by going to the one who made him whole. He went to him to let him know how much he appreciated him, rescuing him, delivering him, healing him, prospering. The Bible says here that he appreciated the fact that he was cleaned. He was clean. A grateful heart will keep us on on our face before Jesus expressing our gratitude for his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, his faith, his family, his health, his job, his your finances, godly friendship, etc. You will be grateful. Every day you're saying, God, I thank you for this, that, and the other. You don't, listen, there should not be a day that goes by you're not grateful to Jesus. There should not be a day that goes by you are not grateful for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not a day. Not a day. Because God is doing something for us. Every day he's loaned us daily with benefits. Every day. How you know, Pastor? Because I look at you. I, and listen, one thing about God's benefits, I can see them on you every day. It don't take, it don't take real high discernment to see that you're blessed. It don't take high discernment because if you can walk out of here, this sanctuary, you're blessed. If you can lift your hands, you're blessed. If you can think right, think, talk, and act right, you're blessed. Oh, yeah, you're blessed. You are blessed. And let me say this to you. If you got a little money in your pocket, you are blessed. You're blessed. God's doing stuff for us every day. But how do we tell him? How do we show him our gratitude and how much we appreciate him? Now, let's go to the next text here. Verse 17. So when so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? I thought that's powerful. I don't think, in my opinion, the way I read it, I don't because of how it reads, that none of the other nine were even close to Jesus. But he knew there were nine more clean. He knew. Notice how how he, how he responds. Were there not ten cleansed? It sounds like he's a little, in my opinion, a little disappointed that none of the others, notice what he said here, but where are the nine? Where are they at? Hold on. Where is this Sunday morning? Where is 
Were there not nine that were blessed this week, just like you were this week? Were there not nine more that got a job this week, just like you got a job this week? Why they robbing God of his money? Were there not nine more that ate all good all last week? What do you have to tell me thank you? Oh, they think it's okay to tell God thank you for where they at. But notice, this man had to go back to Jesus, and Jesus said, where am I at? Some people take God's church for granted. They don't think that it's necessary to come into the presence of God. But notice how his response to him was. But But where are the nine? They might, listen, they could have told him thank you on the way down the road, but you don't read that nowhere, do you? It's something about coming to the presence of God in the sanctuary that makes a difference in people's lives. That's why he said, forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as the man of some is. See, 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 people that understand scripture take gathering together as a very important time in the week. They take it very important. They realize that it's not about what I think, but what does God want? What does God want? And I notice what he said in verse 18. Whether or not any found who return, notice this, that return again to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he uses interesting word, he called him foreigner. In other words, those, some of those other ones should have known better. They should have known better. And see, well, you know to do good and choose not to do it. Oh, God. Are y'all seeing that in the scripture? Notice this. When they return, they were not only supposed to return, but they're supposed to give glory to God. They're supposed to give glory to God. When I come into the house of God, you need to be in the, in the mindset, I'm going to give glory to God. I am going to give glory to God. And and what's beautiful about this, not only do we give glory to God, we give glory to God because of what he did for us, but we also give glory to God for what he's getting ready to do for us as well. What he has revealed to us through his written and revealed words. When God said, I'm getting ready to do this for you, oh, thank you, Father. I ain't seen it yet. I ain't experienced it yet. But I know you're getting ready to do it for me. I know you're getting ready to heal my body. I know you're getting ready to deliver me. I know you're getting ready to make a way out of no way. I know you're getting ready, amen, to open up a door that no man can shut. I know you're getting ready to do it seemingly, abundantly above anything you may ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God, I'm getting ready. Get ready to do something for me. Through his written and revealed word. So this aspect, I thank God for what he done for me last week, last month, last year, what he's doing in my life right now, but I also thank him for what he's going to do for me in the future. Oh, I mean, thank God that if you, if you still are challenged with that, he's going to pay off every, every, every nickel, every dime you owe. You also thank God he's going to heal your body. You thank God he's going to deliver you. You thank God he's going to make a way out of no way. You thank God he's going to drive up in it. You're going to crank it up. You're going to do whatever God calls you to do because you're expecting God to do something great. And you don't mind telling God thank you. See, we should always be in a position that we're thanking God for what he's done and what he is going to do. We don't take for granted. Let me tell you, a roof over, over my head is wonderful. Wonderful. I thank God even for heat, y'all. 
heat. I'm talking about H-E-A-T. Warm. I might not be saying the word right, but I know when I'm warm and I'm cold. I thank God for heat in the house. I'm telling you, you could be in a situation where you have no heat. I told you on my story last year, my heat went out, boy. Living off the fireplace. Whew. But God got it fixed. So grateful for it. You know, we always go out on one of the coldest days of the year. <laughs> but God's merciful. Thank God I had a, I had a uh, what's it called? A fireplace. Whew. Thank you for the fireplace, God. Because both my heaters went out at one time. God is merciful. Eh? He is merciful. But God got him fixed. That timely matter, boy. I appreciate it too, boy. They didn't cost me a lot of money. They, I was so happy. That's a blessing right there. Woo-wee. Cause sometimes, boy, when it's cold, boy, they know how to jack them prices up. Cause they know you're paying. Especially when you get real cold for about two, two or three, two or three minutes. Woo. I mean, I got the car before us and turn that heat up, boy. Crank it up. Woo. I know two or three of y'all in here. Y'all don't let it warm up real good. Y'all crank it up nine, nine. Let it come back there. Hallelujah. When we come to God's house on Sunday morning, do we glorify God and our praise, our giving, our giving, our prayers, etc., because of the benefits and blessings from last week, last month, and last year. We also have to let him know how much we appreciate him for what he reveals to us on a daily and weekly basis through his written and revealed words spoken in Sunday school, Bible study, revivals, personal devotion, and morning worship. We must continue to show our sincere appreciation to God for his word, his gift, and his people. Let's choose not to be a member of the group of nine, but of the one to say, I am thankful for your mercy. And I'm going to get to verse 19. 19 to me. I, didn't, I, I never saw this part before, and I want to share with you today what I believe is going to help us all. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. There's a difference between being clean and being made well. Y'all see that? One of the differences is, is that when you're clean, you just cure from the outside. But when you're well, you're clean on the outside as well as the inside. That one leper transcends. What, what many of us, what I say many of us, men, yes, many of us are going to happen in our lives. Not only will we be clean from the outside, but God going to make us well on the inside. Woo, isn't that good news, boy? I'm telling you, that's why he said, I believe that King James said he's going to make us whole. Because he's going to be complete now. Nothing missing, nothing broken. But notice how he got that, though. Let's look at how he got that so we can get to that same place that this, this, this uh, leper got to. He asked God for mercy. But one great thing, when he saw God's mercy, he went back and told God, thank you. And when he told back to, went back and told God, thank you, then he couldn't make an excuse for another nine. But you know what? He said, you know what? If the other nine don't want to give God glory, I'm going to give God glory by myself. And so he gave God the glory, told him, thank you. And after that, he was made whole or well. When he was made well, his life would change for the better. Not only, see, he got something the other nine didn't get. He got peace. He got joy. He got 
Uh, listen, uh, everything on the inside, just like he did on the outside. And see, to me, see, you remember how we talked about earlier how that it was it's scaly and uh, rough skin and so forth? Sometimes when you go through enough rough dilemmas, it'll cause your heart to be scaly. It'll cause your mind to think in a certain type of way. It'll cause you to be in a situation where your mindset is just, I mean, messed up. But I believe he got healed from all that. I believe if he was 22 years old, he got healed from 22 years of, 22 years of misery. I believe if he was 30 years old, he got clean from 30 years of misery. He was thinking better, talking better, and acting better. He was well. And I truly believe that God is going to do that for many of us in the sanctuary. That's why we're grateful for his mercy. Because We're thankful for his mercy because we realize his mercy, it, it can stop right there and clean on the, outs, excuse me, on the outside. But we are believers who are thankful, who are going to receive healing on the inside. Oh, thank you, God, for healing on the inside. We're going to think better. We're going to talk better. And we're going to have, look, watch this. We have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, we're going to have peace. Peace that passes what? all understanding. We're going to have his love, his love that does great things for us. We're going to have, so that's why we're thanking for his mercy. We're not just t- taking God at his first level. We're taking it to the next level. We're taken to a place where we can receive everything that God has for us. Then he say all the promises of God in him are yes and Oh man, we got we got all that. We get everything that God has for us. So you may well, you're not just limited to the outside. You get everything God has for you. You get delivered? You get healed. No, they got healed too, didn't they? You get delivered? You are getting protection, divine protection, and you are prospering. You're prospering not only on the inside, but the outside as well. They receive everything that God has for him. And that was the difference to me between the nine lepers and that one. The nine just got clean on the outside. They went around. They were healed. But what about all the scars on the inside? What about all the unforgiveness the bitterness, the pride, and so forth on the inside. They need, they need healing from that too. Can you imagine going all those years and not being touched by no one? Not being receiving anything from anyone? All those years and not receiving what God has for you. But notice this. This man was made well. He was made well. And when he was made well, I believe he received everything that God has for him. Mental healing, deliverance, prosperity. He received the way a proper way of thinking, proper way of talking, and a proper way of acting. He was made well. And I believe many of us in this sanctuary are thankful for his mercy because we're not we don't not only grateful for the mercy on the outside where God's healed our bodies, but God has healed us on the inside. He has healed. Listen, we're not bitter anymore. We're not prideful anymore. We're not angry anymore. You know, some people walk around, they're just angry all the time. God is healing us of all these different dilemmas. And he's he going to look at us and say, you know what? Since you came back and told me thank you, I'm going to make you well.
we are grateful for his mercy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.